0: Today on episode 22 of the Violence Design Lab podcast, I'm discussing a book I think every violence designer and fight choreographer needs on their bookshelf, Meditations on Violence by Sergeant Rory Miller. I consider it a foundational work for those in our field, so I want to make sure you're up to speed on it. Outsource and to work with all. Welcome to the Violence Design Lab podcast. Now here's the mad scientist himself, David Barefoot. Greetings, David here. Thanks for tuning in. If you're just joining the podcast, think of me as your personal violence design coach. I've been staging fights and live violence for professional theater since 1992. I've even been worth the money since about 96 or so. I want to use my 25 years of experience to encourage you to enter the world of stage combat, to coach you towards choreographing better fights, and to train you to tackle the challenges of theatrical violence design. Because of our chosen theatrical specialty, directors and actors depend on us to know something about violence. A large part of our job, of course, is choreographing the technical moves of a fight scene, but to most theaters, we are more than that. Just as the lighting designer or the costume designer of a production are go-to authorities for anything related to their disciplines, we are perceived as the expert when it comes to all things related to violence. But violence is an incredibly complex aspect of human interaction, and even if your life has given you a familiarity with one or two aspects of violence, you can't understand the entirety of the subject based on personal experience alone. To acquire even a, a passing understanding of all the aspects of violence that arise in plays, then we have to approach our field as scholars and not just as stage combat practitioners. Because while gathering as much physical training as possible is, is highly beneficial, we also need to study the theoretical and philosophical natures of violence as well in order to more realistically design the actions of violent characters and to help the actors emotionally portray them. To that end, I will be periodically discussing books and other resources that I've found helpful in my studies that I think may benefit you. Now, I'm not a literary critic, and these won't be book reviews per se, but I will tell you what I've found useful and what parts, if any, I view with some skepticism. Where it seems logical, I'll post links on the show notes page so that you can track down what I'm talking about if it seems like something you'd like to get for yourself. To kick things off, I want to discuss a book I think should be on every violence designer's shelf, Meditations on Violence by Sergeant Rory Miller. Miller is a corrections officer with decades of experience in violent confrontations with inmates and the use of force in other law enforcement settings. He's a senior officer with his facility's CERT unit, or Corrections Emergency Response Team. Miller has written a number of books dealing with the nature of violence, and I own several of them, and he also maintains a blog that I will link to in the show notes as well. Now, Sergeant Miller is in no way talking about stage combat in his writing. I want to be clear on that. He's talking about real violence. But I come back to his theories and his perspectives on violence all the time in my theatrical work. So let's get into his book. Right out of the gate, in the preface to Meditations on Violence, Miller reminds us that no one person has a lock on all aspects of violence. The the topic is just too broad and diverse for one person to experience it all. And individual violent experiences are too specific, too dependent on place and time and participants and, and nature of the violence to be useful to make generalizations about all violence everywhere. He also warns the reader to never override your own experiences and common sense based on the say-so of some self-appointed expert, including himself. He also points out that a list of author qualifications or scholarly degrees or experience mean precious little when you've never met that person or shared their same experiences. The book is divided into 7 parts. The first deals with the myths, metaphors, and expectations that we have relating to martial arts training of any kind. Then, he takes that awareness of our thought process and and begins to expand it in Part 2 to show just how compartmentalized the various kinds of violence are. He breaks it down into several categories like self-defense, dueling, sport, combat, assault, Uh, and, and a couple of other reasons we engage in violence. And then he demonstrates how each category of fighting or martial style is focused on winning in the correct set of circumstances. And they're often crippled when the fight doesn't equal what they expected or if the win conditions change. This is some of the reasons that why a trained martial artist might do very well in tournaments but then be completely taken down by a street fighter in an actual violent confrontation. Now, there's a great line from this section two that I want to read to you. Quote, every style is for something, a collection of tactics and tools to deal with what the founder was afraid of, end quote. I love this as a way of thinking about characters. I mean even though it's unlikely that the character whose fight you're designing was the founder of their particular brand of fighting, they still train in a particular way to appeal to them and it that has its inherent strengths and weaknesses. Imagine a police officer character is placed in a situation where she must kill an enemy soldier but she has no access to a firearm. I mean, she has been trained in an unarmed martial arts style and is used to the use of force to restrain suspects and to protect herself against assault. But her training may have de-emphasized crippling strikes or lethal maneuvers, and despite her fight training, she's disadvantaged against a soldier whose conditioning is focused on killing moves. That's just one possible example that you can pull from this. In this section, the author also lays out what a combatant must do to, quote, win a violent or potentially violent encounter. Miller does this to to show the complexity of violence and everything that goes into what is involved in violence. But in so doing, he creates a kind of roadmap that any violence designer can use to move from a scene on the page to choreography on the stage. He sets up a seven-step thought process. First is the goal. What is my win in this particular situation? Uh, do I want to stop the bad guy from hurting me, or escape, or get to a phone to call 911? Next, what are my parameters? Meaning, what are the things I cannot do, or the things that must not happen? Is, is killing the opponent off the table? Am I afraid of getting sued after the event? Or is my response time severely limited, and I have only seconds to deal with the threat? Or are there no limitations whatsoever? The goal is what needs to happen. Parameters are what you need to not do. And those two factors together decide my strategy, the third step in this process. Millerless fight, run, and hide is the classic survival strategies, but he also gives us a clue about how to analyze a fighting style on a deeper level when he points out that the core strategy of karate is do damage, while Disrupt balance is the strategy of judo. He points out that even animals have strategies. For example, a wolf pack, their goal is meat. The parameter is not getting too injured to survive acquiring the meat. So the strategy is find the weakest animal in the herd, the one that can kick least effectively, run it down till it's worn down with exhaustion, and then take turns nipping it from behind until it's too weak to defend itself from the killing strike. Next in his process is environment. That's evaluating the terrain and the available weapons. And this is exactly why I asked the set designer at the first production meeting which parts of the set are sturdy enough to throw an actor into. The environment will sometimes provide opportunities for a character to gain advantage or to restrict movement of their opponent. Strategy and environment, they combine to give the tactic, meaning here meaning the how of how you plan to uh, <clears throat> enact your strategy. So, for example, if my strategy is fight to kill and the environment includes a sword available to me, well, hit him with the sword is a sound tactic. Now, the sixth part of the process, Miller calls total, totality of circumstances, or TOC. This is the in-the-moment evaluation of the opponent and the entire situation. Is his weapon held up high? Is he distracted? Does she seem hesitant or fearful? Are there witnesses, etc.? The tactic and the TOC decide the technique, the seventh part, which is the specific move I choose in the moment. So, goal, parameter, strategy, environment, tactic, TOC, technique. Let's walk through two of Miller's example scenarios to show you how this works. So, number one, the goal. Stop bad guy from hurting me. Parameters, none. Strategy, fight. Environment, sticks available. So tactic, hit him with a stick many times. (laughs) TOC, a totality of circumstances. Bad guy's hands are low. So the technique, snap a strike to the exposed temple. Let's do another one. Goal, prevent two teenagers from attacking me. Parameters, limited time. Strategy, get help, discourage them environment. Have cell phone. So tactic, call for help. TOC, they can hear you and they seem uncertain. So the technique, dial 911 and loudly ask for police assistance. It's just an interesting way of moving from the goal of the character to the final technique. And it's very useful for fight uh, choreographers to do that and walk it right through and make it Obvious, based on all the other things, what the character does and has, it maintains the martial logic of the scene. In part three of the book, Miller begins to talk about social violence, or violence whose goal is social dominance, punishment, or quote education. This is the kind of violence that happens in bars, in most domestic violence, and in groups against individuals, like like gangs, for example. This is not to say that it, it can't be brutal but its root goal is social positioning and the hierarchy of status rather than the death of the victim. This section also goes into the body chemistry changes that happen during high moments of stress, such as that which interpersonal violence creates, and this is a very useful section for the violence designer to begin to understand the mindset and the physiology that is driving many of the fights we stage for the theater. I've used Miller's breakdown of social fighting, which he calls the monkey dance, on several occasions, and actors, they they really seem to understand it and internalize it. The next chapter deals with criminals and predatory violence. Now, this is where Miller's extensive experience in law enforcement really comes to bear. He begins by dividing criminals into three major categories. People who made a mistake, this is a relatively rare subset. Hustlers, or low-level criminals involved in crime as a way of life. And predators, those who see you as a resource rather than a person. He further differentiates the predators into resource predators, who use violence to take what you have, to process predators, who enjoy violence for the thrill or for the pleasure it gives them, violence for its own sake. I find this section very useful for getting a glimpse inside the motivations of people far different from me who use violence regularly to get what they want. He even writes a very interesting discussion on the spectrum of evil. The fifth and sixth sections of the book deal with how to train in anticipation of violence in a as realistic and efficient way as possible. Then this is interesting stuff and likely very solid theory, but it does honestly have less direct application to the art of theatrical violence. The seventh section, on the other hand, is great. It deals with the psychology of dealing with the after effects of violence. See, never get complacent and think that your job as the violence designer ends with the last bit of choreography that the characters perform. No, your job is often also to help directors and actors understand the effects of violence on the human psyche so that those artists can then depict that on stage. Now, Miller points out that each person is different, so there's no hard and fast rules, but he does give some basic hallmarks of lingering effects of acute violent incidences, as, as well as what happens with long-term exposure to violent situations. It's really good stuff. All in all, this book is a great asset, and if you haven't read it, there is an Amazon link at the bottom of the show notes to help you find it. Uh, I don't claim that everything Miller says is gospel truth, and frankly, even he tells you to disregard things that fly in the face of your, your common sense or experience. But The book is worth the price just for the thoughts about the nature of violence, and I guarantee it's going to provoke a lot of thought. And after all, thinking about the deeper levels of violence, its motivations, its goals, its execution, and its after effects, this is what will separate your work from the -the run-of-the-mill fight choreographer. Now, the caveat that I would offer about this book is that Miller's personal experiences with violence are limited to law enforcement, by and large. He has not been a combat soldier. He admits freely he's never been in a firefight. He has, to my knowledge, never been the victim of domestic violence. Uh, He has also never participated in a duel, and these are kind of things that that show up often in plays. Plays are often about soldiers in battle, or uh, disputes between families, or or things like that. And his experience with that is limited to secondhand knowledge from people who have been incarcerated because of uh, some of those actions. Also, I would caution the, especially the beginning violence designer, not to take his categories of violence or. Kinds of violence as hard and fast rules, meaning that you must follow the script exactly and that something doesn't fit into this, it isn't a valid kind of violence. There's a lot of gray area when it comes to this subject. However, being able to classify kinds of violence based on their goals is a very useful thing for us. It gets us thinking in the right way. One of the other big benefits I found about this book is Miller dispels a lot of the myths we have about violence, a lot of the hero myths of I'm gonna uh, just disarm that gun and take it away because I've had, you know, 20 hours of Aikido class or, or what have you. He breaks down a lot of that and shows that the world is a lot more complex, that you will do well in exactly what you train for, but that you can't train for all the kinds of violence you're going to experience. Everyone is going to be a little bit different. And even if you've trained assiduously in a martial art or a combat sport like boxing or something, when it comes down to your life and well-being being being on the line— That cocktail, as he calls it, of adrenaline and fear and stress is going to be far different than anything you'll get stepping into a ring where you know there are rules to protect you and there is a a limited amount of things that are possible to happen to you. But anyway, great book. I highly recommend this one or his other books that he has put out. I haven't found anything that uh, I I've really thought wasn't worthwhile to A Violence society that he's written. So if you liked this episode and you want me to review more books and resources like this, let me know. Post something on my Facebook page. You can get there fast by going to facebook.com slash violence lab Or you can email me at violencedesignlab at gmail.com. And please share the podcast with your friends. And if you have a moment, go to iTunes and leave me some stars and leave a review so that others can find me. I'd, I'd really appreciate that. So until next week, keep the fights on stage and peace in your life. David, out. Thanks for listening to the Violence Design Lab podcast. For more tips, tutorials, and downloadable resources, visit us at violencedesignlab.com.